From the creators of Wagertainment. We bring you none of the hot take BS. We bring you best. We bring you sports. I don't care about bragging rights. It just introduces more volatility into the equation. I don't care about victory laps. Stop it. Please stop it. <laughs> Throw the football into the floor. The BetQL Network presents your favorite handicapper's favorite handicapper, Ken Barkley. If I have an opinion, I'm just going to go put money on that thing happening. And your host, Nick Costos. Every single play of every Every single game impacts you in some way, shape, or form. It's You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. Hour 2, PJ Glasser filling in for Nick Costos alongside Ken Barkley. We are now over on Stadium. Go to WatchStadium.com. can check us out over there. We're still on Sirius Channel 160, Sirius XM 205, and you can watch and listen to the show on Twitch.tv slash BetQL and YouTube backslash Odyssey Sports over on the BetQL Network. Going to take a little break from Locketology and resume it next segment, but continue the college basketball conversation. Isaac Trotter joins us. You can follow him on Twitter at Isaac underscore Trotter, National College Basketball Writer for 24-7 Sports. Isaac, great having you on the show. Really good game tonight in Omaha between Creighton and UConn. Want to get your thoughts on this game. After the performance UConn had on Saturday against Marquette, it looks like they're clearly the team to beat in college hoops. I think this could be a tricky spot for them, though, tonight. I think the line's a little bit inflated just because of how dominant UConn has been. I lean towards Creighton in the matchup. Isaac, what are your thoughts on uh, this top 15 tilt between Creighton and UConn? Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think this is a, a decent buyback spot for Creighton, especially at three and a half. That's a really interesting number for me. One thing I, I've been looking at is I went back and watched all of the threes that Creighton took in their first matchup against UConn. They took 26 of them. I graded 18 as wide open. Like they had some really good looks in that game. So that's something I'm eyeing tonight, going home, have a chance to probably shoot a little bit better at home. Creighton's, uh, Creighton's guards are really interesting to me this year. Like, I think UConn has struggled to defend the basketball a little bit. That might be their one minor flaw. So if they're able to get into the paint and spray it out and knock down some threes, I think Creighton's going to stick around. I bet three and a half. I bet them to win outright. Like, we, if we've learned anything from college basketball this season, it's, it's that, like, it's really tough to stack these elite wins back to back. And I think this is a really spot where, where Creighton's going to find a way to get it done. I actually totally agree, Isaac, and I, I haven't like been into college basketball as much as you and PJ have been, but like when you see as glaring a result as the Marquette game and then this game with this market, it just like I, I we always we joke like, oh, like the point spread's telling me something, and it doesn't, it doesn't tell you anything, but like it does this market just kind of like mm, like this just it feels like a really good spot to play against a team like off of an extreme result. And I, I'm sure you've heard all the chatter that I've heard off of the Marquette game for UConn, which is this team is by far the most likely team to win the national championship. Like they're, they're going to go back to back. And I'll be honest, like I kind of agree with that. Like, do you think there is a gap between them and everyone else? Like who would you have second? Is it Houston, Arizona, Purdue? Do you think there's a cluster of teams at the top or is it truly kind of what everybody thinks now, which is it's UConn draw a line, everybody else. I'm a little bit of an outlier. I think, I think it's UConn, it's Purdue. And I throw Arizona in that mix as well. I think those are the three teams that I keep going back to is like they just have a lot of answers to the test. And they're not perfect teams. They have a little bit that you can kind of mess around with each of those teams like Arizona. Like, can you knock down some threes against them? Like they were losing games early in the year because teams were shooting like 52 percent from three. Like that's obviously an outlier performance. Purdue, there's some questions, right? Like, you know, can Fletcher Lawyer guard big wings? Like, are they going to be able to be a little bit more consistent? Like, but. 
I think UConn too also has some questions. It's hard to talk about UConn's negatives right now when they're playing at an elite level and when everything is going well, but I still have some questions about them defending the basketball. Can they stay out of rotation? Are they, are there, is their guard play going to be elite enough? Like this is a good shooting team. Are they an elite shooting team? Like those are all fair questions. So I don't think that I'm at the point where UConn beats Marquette by 30 and it was an awesome game, but I'm, gonna 100% be like yep well that's the team that's gonna win the national title would I love to see Purdue and UConn play for the title yes would that be the probably the best game yeah but I just I mean if anything we know about college basketball it's that like things change and it's really fluid and this is a long long season and a gauntlet season and I just I'm not gonna get tied to my priors right away Isaac, it feels like the Big East, once again, is kind of a league that's top-heavy, and then it's a bunch of teams that are, like, on the bubble, right? So those teams on the bubble, like Seton Hall, Villanova, Butler, St. John's, any of them that get into the tournament, do you think that maybe they could be a second-weekend team? I I like that Villanova roster a lot more. I don't think that they've been especially well-coached. That's a team that entered the NIL era with a war chest of assets. They used a lot of money to go around, and this team is not really getting there for me. Like, they just haven't really hit that next level. So I don't. I don't see the, that group in the Big East as a chance of a teams that are going to advance far in the, in the bracket. None of those teams, like, look like they can beat a really good team, not just once, but twice, because you're probably looking at 11 to 9 seeds, probably, for all three of those teams if they were able to get into the tournament. It's UConn. It's Creighton. And it's Marquette, and my opinions on Marquette haven't changed after a huge loss to, to Creighton or to, to UConn, and my opinions on Creighton haven't changed, even though they've had some up and down moments. Those are the best three teams in the Big East. Those are the three teams that I think have a chance to make noise in March, and I'm not sure I see it with anybody else. Isaac, uh, an interesting game in the SEC tonight where Tennessee, a big road favorite against Missouri, I think the updated market for this game is like... 11 and a half, 12, I think is where we've ended up. So a little bit of money is coming on Missouri from the opener and Tennessee. It's like, like we haven't done them yet in our bracket exercise, but like, you, you know, you already know the jokes that are going to be made. Like it's Rick Barnes with another really good team. Sounds a lot like last year. Sounds a lot like the last 20 years, but as a regular season coach, and even in situations like this, maybe not bad team that could put up a lot of big time regular season results. Where do you land on this game tonight with Tennessee more than double digits on the road? And then them obviously as a tournament team, like any reason to believe, that this will be different yeah so i can't bet that 11 and a half i'm just a, i'm just a little too scarred by the home underdogs those big home underdogs finding a way to do it but i do like jonas adu over seven and a half rebounds that's one of my favorite plays on the board tonight uh we've talked about missouri as like one of the worst rebounding teams in all of college basketball i think they're 352nd in offensive rebounding i can rattle off all the stat lines from all the centers that have gone off against missouri but i don't want to waste your time it's like six games seven games in a row where where centers are going to like 11 or 12 rebounds the only reason this number is seven and a half is because they think there's a potential blowout chance and adu's not going to get his minutes if you think Missouri's going to stick around and maybe keep this a game and he's going to play his regular minutes allotment, he's going over over seven and a half rebounds. I, that's kind of where I'm, I fall on it. And then for Tennessee as a whole, I do think this team is different just because Dalton Connect is different. You, he's, you could make a case for him as the best pro prospect in all of college basketball. That's pretty nuts on what he's come from. This was a guy who was at Northern Colorado last year. And two years ago, he was paying his own way at junior college. Like, it's an unbelievable story. He's been one of the best stories in all college basketball. And he's a pro. And that changes the equation for what Tennessee is. Because they have a guy who can go into North Carolina and drop 40 on your head. 
and everybody knew he was going to get the basketball and he will go for 40. And so like, that's, that's the difference with this Tennessee group. But I love the connectivity of this team. I love that they have retention mixed with a little portal mixed with a few younger guys. Like it's just a nice, nice mix of a team. That's a group that I was high on at the beginning of the season when I was up there in the building, watched them beat Wisconsin on the road. And I I'm still there. Like I, it, I really genuinely think Tennessee can make the final four with the right breaks. They can win it all. Wow. Yeah. I, I agree with you on Tennessee. I think they're better than maybe people think to, and what they've kind of done in the tournament in previous years. Talk with Isaac Trotter at Isaac underscore Trotter, national college basketball writer for 24 seven sports. What about Michigan state, Isaac? It's we're getting closer and closer to March. We know what that means for the Spartans is those teams starting to peak at the right time. You really can't trust many of these teams in the big 10 outside of Michigan state. You talked about Purdue a little bit. For you, outside of the Boilermakers who clearly have the talent, like is Michigan State for you the only team that you can kind of trust in that league? And uh, what do you think of them tonight against Iowa, laying nine and a half at home? For for tonight's game against Iowa, you know, I, I think Michigan State's defensively has started to really come on strong. I like what they've been building defensively. Their guards, like, Obviously, the shot making with their guards stand out, but I think the defense with their guards really stands out to me, too. I love their point of attack defense. For me, how I counteract that is I'm looking at Iowa and I'm looking at Ben Creaky over nine and a half points because I think that Michigan State's guards are going to take away Iowa's guards. Michigan State doesn't play a lot of uh, trapping defenses, so that opens up the door for Creaky to potentially go to work inside against some one-on-one matchups. So that's my angle for that game tonight. But overall, with Michigan State, you know, at the beginning of the year, I, I wasn't high on them. Uh, I, I thought that the, the fact that they were number four in preseason was ridiculous. And so they were completely um, like overrated for me at the beginning. And then as the season's gone on, they've kind of become like underrated. And I think they're at the point now where it's like they're slightly I'm trying to figure out where the best point to buy back on them is because they've opened my eyes a little bit that, you know, Malik Hall lately has turned into the forward that we all desperately needed. He's played like the best four in the Big Ten so far this year lately, just a complete monster. And this was a guy who he had a game with no rebounds and took two shots like a month ago. Like this different version of him is different. But I think it's for me, it's Purdue. I think Illinois is also in that group out of the Big Ten. Loaded athleticism, tons of size, a pretty great scheme offensively. They're, I mean, they're on pace right now for the best offensive season since the the 0405 team with D Brown, Darren Williams, and Luther Head. Like this is an unbelievable offensive team that I still think has the bones to be very good defensively. And they're kind of integrating Terrence Shannon Jr. back into the mix after his suspension. If that group progresses, I think that's another team in March that has as high a ceiling as pretty much anybody outside that top tier. Yeah, for people who don't remember that 20 years ago, Illinois team, that's the team that made the final with Bruce Weber as the coach, lost to North Carolina, which like Sean May, Rashad McCants, Raymond felt like a pretty good North Carolina team that won the title. And they were like the two best teams all year. They played in the final and like Illinois was a like a championship worthy team. I, I have strong thoughts on Illinois, too, and I, I'm sure Jake does, too, our, our board. I'm sure he was happy to hear you say that. I, I want to ask you about Wisconsin. So they're seven at home against Maryland tonight. I'm curious what your angle is in that game. We did the region Wisconsin's projected into already, and in bracket matrix, they're a five which puts them in that interesting tier of teams where it's like is this a team that can be had by a really good 12 right by mcneese state by grand canyon by one of these teams that's going to be like a like a, a worthy challenger and my answer to that's kind of yes just knowing what i know about wisconsin so like kind of that question and also your angle on tonight's game would be great yeah so um you know ken i'm a big fan of yours your paper tigers that you come out yeah, with in sure. march 
Wisconsin, oh, yeah. throw them in the mix. We'll get that's a, yeah, yeah, yeah that's <laughs> that's kind of where I'm at with Wisconsin. Like I I would if I was a 13 seed and they were my four, I would be pretty happy about that. Like Louisiana Tech, please God, give me Louisiana Tech, Wisconsin in a first round matchup. Wisconsin is like a ten and a half point favorite. I I personally could not wait to bet on Louisiana Tech in that matchup. So anyway, Wisconsin, I just they left they leave me wanting more every time. They really do. It's just this group does not have quite enough playmaking off the bounce. I think that's scary. You know, Max Klesman was a guy that really covered up a lot of flaws for them during their winning streak. Just he was on a nuclear heater shooting over like 45% from three, just unbelievable heater. And that's cooled off a little bit. And suddenly Wisconsin's starting to cool off a little bit as well too. AJ Storr is a guy who's might be a first team all big 10 caliber player, but he has nights where he, you know, he scares both coaches when he takes shots. Greg Gard is terrified. Kevin Willard tonight will be terrified. They just don't know what's going to happen uh, when it, when AJ Store steps onto the floor. So I, it's hard for me to trust Wisconsin so far this year. I think I'm going to probably end up being on Maryland plus seven and a half tonight. This game feels grimy. It feels like this is going to be a knock them out, drag them out fight. It's going to be a war. It's going to be the under four timeout. It's going to be a three point game one way or the other, and it's going to be just just kind of a punching back and forth between two teams that are pretty equally talented, to be honest, even though Maryland's had, you know, kind of a down year. So I think Maryland matches up well enough with Wisconsin. I didn't want to bet it earlier today, but the more I look at it, the more I think Maryland's the right side and in a game they, they just have to have. Isaac, so you bring up Louisiana Tech and maybe as a mid-major underdog to watch in the tournament. Ken and I were talking about, you know, like Samford and Grand Canyon, maybe some teams to watch. Is there a 12, 13, 14 seed out there that you really like that, you know, you think could pull an upset, maybe even make it to the Sweet 16? Let me give you my Louisiana Tech pitch real quick. They have Daniel Bacho, who is a transfer from Texas Tech. They are the best rim-protecting team in all of college basketball. He is an unbelievable shot blocker. He's a high-major guy who's just playing in the Conference USA. And we've seen year after year, Conference USA, they create some dudes. They're really, really talented. Um, they always have a bunch of guys that transfer up into the next high-major route. I had a I had a, a Conference USA coach tell me this offseason, it's like, hey, everybody like doesn't like our league until the portal comes around, then every high-major coach wants it. And so that's that's the team that I really like. I love their rim protection. I love their guards. That's a really, really good team. You know, another team that I keep thinking about, too, is those Ivy League schools are really talented. Princeton runs great stuff. We saw them early in the year. Uh, they gave Rutgers everything and then some in a matchup there. That, that's a really gr good group. We saw them again last year uh, make it a little bit of a run too. So those are the couple teams. And then Grand Canyon, like you said, that's a, I mean, you talk about tying Grant Foster, that's a pro playing in the whack. Like he's a stud and they have a bunch of high major talent on that group as well. So I love that group. I love it. Great stuff as always. Isaac Trotter, you can follow him on Twitter at Isaac underscore Trotter, national college basketball writer, 24-7 sports. Isaac, always great talking to you, man. Thanks for the insight. Good luck on all your bets tonight. Thanks for having me. All right, great stuff from Isaac. Ken, isn't this just yeah, the best man. show? I mean, it's, it's just, just college basketball the, content. I don't. I didn't know, like, eight days ago, when did the Super Bowl end? Eight days ago? Nine, day, nine days ago? I don't know if I knew, like, four things about college basketball. Like I, I was like, all right, like I know, I know where, where the schools are located. That's like basically it. And I know everything about last year and two years ago, whatever. And I, it's somebody, funny, somebody replied to one of our tweets, like, Ken, Ken, the day of the Super Bowl, I don't know anything. Like, Ken, a week later, I loved Grand Canyon money line against Wisconsin. Like, how, just like, and I responded back, I go, yeah, it was a busy week. Like, look, like we do the show, like, I, it's my job to get up to speed on this. 
and I feel like I've done a really good job of doing that. And uh, and hearing Isaac's answers uh, definitely uh, they support some things that I think also. Yeah, love it. We're going to continue Locketology on the other side of the break. PJ Glasser, Ken Barkley, You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM.